All right, guys, welcome back to the Orange Couch Podcast. I'm your resident nerd, Colin. And I'm your resident dweeb, Sam. And it's your resident dork, Will. Same thing every time, Will. It's getting old. Uh, It's never been the same. Thank you. Well, guys, (laughs) today we're going to be talking about (laughs) the Wendigo in Sam's little crypto corner. First one of season two. We're also going to be talking about manners. So if you're a Southern folk out there, get ready. Question or two. We don't know what we're doing. We've got no plans. Just a couple cows, potatoes, and we're chatting with friends. If you like us, great. And if not, well, bye. If you haven't heard us yet, then just give us a try. Whoa, we're just hanging out. Shoot it off at the mouth. We're coming to you live. guys so today we are talking to you about those things that your granny or your teacher or your parents have been talking to you about all your life manners but we're talking specifically today about some southern etiquette all right now this topic today is coming to <coughs> us oh Colin. <laughs> why excuse me well at least you said excuse me <laughs> i don't know my, if that excuses my grandma you hates y'all i'm not kidding sometimes when i burp it sounds like a demon's coming yeah, out. Indeed, of me. indeed. Every uh, you uh, he hasn't done it in a while, but usually he used to whenever right before he would hit the record button for when we record, he would let out a belch that was so powerful it shook the earth. I just think we're gonna get some letters about that. Well, <laughs> listen, bring them on, ladies. Um, I'm ready. But, but uh, today's uh, it's it's a little we're gonna debate. Some, wait, some. wait. Before we get into it, should we mention our sticky situation? With the stickers. Because <laughs> we got well, stickers. <laughs> We're hot in this topic. And Sam's going to bring up our dang stickers. Stickers, everybody. We got stickers. Well, stickers. while Sam wants to segue, guys, listen, we got stickers. <laughs> That's it on banners. Uh, you See you next time on the Orange Couch. They are two inches, and they're sticky. And, uh, <laughs> two inches what, your, Sam? Your Tall, computer. You thick. Thick. Them on they are two car. inches thick. They are two inches in diameter, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're. How much are they? How much did we say? Two dollars. Wow, what a steal! <laughs> two dollars. They are vinyl stickers, so they're gonna last. They're not gonna, you know, like have yeah, that they're not ooby, your ooby, crap gross. They aren't gonna be like the gross ones that, like, if you put it on your cup, like in a week, it's gonna be white all around the edges. Like papery. Like, they're pretty cool. They're good stickers. I haven't decided what I'm gonna put mine on yet. Do y'all have any suggestions? Mine's already on my computer. If you want a sticker, we've each got a little stash. You just grab us, and we'll we'll um, we'll do the deal. You pay up front, and if you don't, we'll send our mob boss after you. Yep. Anywho, so back to our southern. Yeah, area. let's go back to manners so, here, so fellas. So rudely interrupted. Sorry about that. Yeah, we're we got a great great handle on manners here at the Orange. Hey, couch. you know me. Okay, let's all take a calming breath. We'll do a little meditation. Um, so we are back with Southern Etiquette. This all boils down to I was walking down the sidewalk to the grocery store today. I was trying to have a nice little walk and grab some lunch. And right in the middle, do not interrupt me, Colin. He's about to try. Right in the middle of the sidewalk were two huge globs of spit. Now, granted, 
It could have been worse. It wasn't tobacco spill. <laughs> but I'm talking, guys, I'm living in a small rural community. On both sides of this sidewalk are huge swaths of grass. Now, clarify something. Are they on the sidewalk? They're on the concrete, dead center. And it's cold Ooh. outside, so they were looking a little viscous, a little thick. Oh, okay. <laughs> I need you to stop <laughs> so describing They might it. have even been a little flimmy. What I'm saying Ugh. is there's grass yeah. on either side what a weird of adjective. the sidewalk. <laughs> Why didn't they just spit into the grass? I don't know, man. I I got a thing about spit and loogies in general. Me too. So I probably would have thrown up if I'd have seen that. Me too. Oh, Me I'm too. Not sensitive in that way, but Very. I did think it was rude. I mean, I didn't want to step in it. Yo, I'm just thinking. I'm like, I don't understand what. Like, I understand some people like chew tobacco or whatever, but like some people just spit. You ever notice that? I mean, yeah, if I, I mean, I spit a lot. I spit. That's disgusting. Spit Why would you do that? Because I got crap in my mouth and I don't want to swallow it. It's what? more. I think it is more. For, I mean, I think I don't think people are just spit and spit. I think it's more when there's like a like a you got a like a loogie or something right at the back of your throat that you're trying to get out. What do you do? Just swallow your spit all the time? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Next question. I plead the fifth. Okay. Sam doesn't have spit. There, he has no saliva glands. That's right. I got dry mouth. It's like a desert. Okay, that's going to help you get dates, Sam. You heard it here first, folks. Sam has a desert mouth. Hot, dry, and dusty. <laughs> One time I saw uh, a tumbleweed come out. Ooh, it was like a fur All right, ball. let's not push it here, fellas. It's, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to keep talking about my mouth. Let's go. So we're just talking about some, some, su- some very southern things that are not necessarily good manners in uh in other areas now wait like, wait wait not they're necessarily it's not like they're bad manners in other places they're just not well, that's custom fair, down but there. it's not like a custom but now while before we move on from spit let's talk about this let let us really talk about I, I just want you guys spit. to know will is really into this topic every muscle in his body is moving when no, he speaks I'm just talking like let's talk about people who do have tobacco spit uh and like what the etiquette is about about maintaining their spit cup and or spit bottle. Because here's one thing, I've had several people tell me they accidentally picked up somebody's tobacco. I've spit done that. I've done that as and well. And taken a sip. Oh You've no, I've done it? that. Sipped it. Yeah. So listen. So we. Um, <laughs> oh no. I was with one of my dad's really good friends, um, Mr. David Simpson. Uh uh. And we uh <laughs> we rode out to their property, to you know go look at the land and things, and he was a. Uh, he had an a- avid chew. Always had a chew in. Always had his little chew bag. And he had his spit cup. The tobacco was in between the cups in the cup holder. And then my cup of Pepsi beside it. And I was probably like 10. I reached for my Pepsi that was in a red solo cup. <laughs> and I brought it to my mouth. Oh, no. And took a little sip. And as it touched my lips, all I could smell was raisins. And I knew then that um, <laughs> this wasn't Pepsi, and I immediately vomed out the side of the car. Vomed? You vomed? Oh, no. I vomed. Like full out vomed? Full out. Oh. I always called it yak. But don't you think that that is not good etiquette to Me, leave your tobacco yes, spit it's just terrifying. In, in reach of, of uh, someone else who might pick it up? Well, also, like, another thing is, like, if you're, like, a like an avid, like, Chewer, or you're dipping, and you got like a spit bottle, like a like a water bottle, uh-huh. and you just have it around, 
it makes me kind of uncomfortable to see it because I don't it's like gross. spit. Like I'm saying, I really don't like spit, and to see it like sloshing around in there. And knowing well, and what it, looks it is. Like, and it looks like... <laughs> oh, gosh. It looks like um, reduced cooked diarrhea or something. Oh, and God, Will. Oh, it's God. Gross. It's dark. Oh, Ugh. no. Uh, yeah. So here's... here's. Uh, it seems like our, our, our verdict on spit is if you got to spit, spit in the grass. Or don't. If you got tobacco... Well, first of all, it's time for you to quit chewing tobacco, folks. It is... It's 2020. You got to get your vision right. And it's not worth the... There's nicotine sprays if that's what you got to get, but like the tobacco is going to hurt you. Secondly, we're going to move on to our next one. Ready? Waving when you pass somebody in a vehicle. Now, I got some, some people get superheated if you do not wave to them. I got some opinions about this. In a vehicle? Yeah, like when you're driving down the road, you know, that people do the two finger wave, maybe lift yeah. their whole hand. There are some people who get superheated. If you pass them and you don't wave at them. Like, I saw you going down to Cockwood the other day and you didn't wave at me. I hope I, that I, nobody who's gotten mad at me for not waving I, at them is listening because they're going to think I was imitating them. I think that's ridiculous. I, I think it's, A, I'm supposed to be focused on the road. I've already rear-ended a bus, so I don't need to be waving to everybody that drives past me. i got to be watching the road. Well, listen, but do you thing. wave at everybody? No. I See, I wave at everybody. but And I don't get mad when somebody doesn't wave at me. I don't get mad, but it does hurt my feelings a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, so I wish you would have waved at me. <laughs> Please wave at me, you know? Uh, y'all. Yeah, but just, to, I mean, like, half the time I don't even see whoever's waving at me. So I would never I would never say something to them, though. Like, I can't believe you didn't wave at me. No, I would never I'm do that. I'm telling y'all, I have, I could count on one hand the number of times I've passed somebody and even noticed them or noticed who it was. I don't have that ability where somebody's like, well, that's such and such as car. I know blah, blah, blah. I saw, like, I don't, I'm not, I have a million, I'm driving and I'm thinking of all the things I got to do whenever I get where I'm going. I promise you, and the only thing I notice about you is that there's a car there and I'm not going to hit you. Well, here's like, the thing, like, like I wave at somebody and if they, if they, if they don't wave back, I'm not like, grr, I'm like, oh. I, I'm just oblivious to that whole oh, See, and I'm the opposite of you. I When I'm driving down the road, I've got the music turned up, and I'm zoned out. I mean, I'm not zoned out. I mean, I'm obviously, I'm focusing on the road, but like, I'm not thinking about like the things i got to do and stuff like that. And I'm like, I, every part, car that passes me, I stare to see who it is, if I know them or Never not. Never have I ever done that. No, I don't get that. Now, I think this kind of goes into the... I think it's a thing around here... Because I, I know vividly, like, when we go to Boston or New York or even sometimes in Atlanta, my mom is that kind of person who's like, everybody's just so mean and everybody's just so – nobody cares that you're around and all this kind of stuff. Because, like, down here, when you pass people – like, if, if we were in Albany or Dothan and we pass somebody we knew or even people we don't know, it's kind of like common courtesy to, like, smile and, like, wave or just kind of nod your head, you know, or, like – little interactions with people daily kind of just happen in the South, you know, and it, they're all, like, very friendly, okay. even though they're fake. That's what I was about to fake. say. This goes back to the politeness versus kindness argument, where it's like this is people being quote-unquote polite, but if it doesn't mean anything, what does it matter? Well, yeah, but I'm just – that's that's the, the debate. Is so that this – this week, I have eaten lunch by myself twice. Right. One day, it was because I needed to finish reading a script for work. So, I went and ate lunch by myself and was sitting there reading a script. 
The whole time I was there, I had three different waitresses come up to me and try to engage in conversation and several other customers in there because I guess they felt bad that I was alone. Like, I chose that. And the second time, I was waiting on somebody to get there, but I was going ahead and eating and drinking. And, like, everybody in the restaurant was talking to me. Well, I think that's the thing is, like, 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 in these big cities, my mom's like, they're so whatever, but really and truly... Everybody in a big city is just trying to get somewhere in a hurry. I, I and nobody never, wants and to be bothered. And, like, it's polite to leave people alone in those places. Yeah. You know, I genuinely like never encountered just, somebody in New York who I felt was mean to me. I don't either, but I'm just saying, I don't think it's that she thinks they're mean. She just thinks, like, nobody ever smiles and nobody ever waves at me. I'm like, because, like, you, it's polite because everybody's going some. you know? Everybody's either going to work, going somewhere else going to eat, they all have, like, something else on their mind, and they don't know you. Like, around here, everybody kind of knows everybody. That's why everybody's so polite. Right. Because, like, if Well, you that's what's interesting to me is when you're in a city, like, the small little interactions you do have with people that are, like, you know, some crazy person's spouting off at the mouth on the subway, and everybody in the car right. starts, like, chuckling and smiling at yeah. each other because they're like, oh, my gosh, right. can you believe this is happening? Right. That's what makes it special. But if you're just doing something over and over again because you are, quote, unquote, supposed to, that doesn't mean anything. Well, it also makes it, like, a lot of, like, people around here, like, when I when they say hey to me or, like, I'm thinking, like, are they really interested in what I <laughs> what I have to do? I think I tweeted one time about that and said, how come in the South the common response to, hey, how's it going is like, oh, yeah, how are you doing? Good, how are you? <laughs> you know, like, like you don't even answer. Right. I'm fine and you. Right. And <laughs> like, then they say, I'm good. And I say, I'm fine and you. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, but awkward. I mean, sometimes you do, they don't even answer. Like, you'll run into somebody and you'll be like, hey, and they're like, how you doing? And you're like, oh, how you doing? And then you keep going. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, not, yeah, that's like, you don't yeah, even answer. Yeah. Well, and the fact of the matter is, is if I say, hey, how are you doing? And you go, oh, well, not doing too great, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I, w- I didn't really I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny. That is, but it's it sucks that saying, how are you doing, has become like the rote way of doing things so that people don't feel like they can tell you how they're really doing because they know you don't really want to hear right. it. Right. You don't really care about because it. Because it just become, has become such a pattern. I think if I'm sitting down with somebody, like, if you show up at my house and I'm like, how you doing? Like, that's when I mean, like, how are you doing? Yeah, I know, but I still think you're fra- when you mean that, you're phrasing it a different <laughs> like, way. Because you I, know that if you just said, how you doing? People aren't going to. Like, if I walk into the Dollar General and I see Joe Blow and I'm like, hey, man, what's up? And he's like, well, actually, Colin, I'm doing pretty bad. Like, I'm not. <laughs> Like I'm like, dude, I'm trying to get my trash bags and get out. Like I don't, I ain't got time for you, man. Like I'm sorry, but I, I didn't want that. I listen. I totally, totally agree. Now I think this next topic is gonna be the one that gets us a lot of response. Um, we're definitely yes, sir. Gonna, after we, after we, uh, <laughs> I think, I think I might get roasted afterwards. But here it is: the age-old debate, guys. Yes, sir, and no, ma'am. Let me just add, what let's about just do yes, it this ma'am, way first. No, sir. What about this? Do you think that ma'am and sir are a vital uh, part of our our culture? And like, do you think that that's something we still need to keep teaching our kids to do? Say yes, ma'am. No, sir. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. Here's what I'll say. I think that in this area of the world, and by that I mean the South, 
I think it is a crucial part to teach your children to say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, to their elders. And I'm just saying that in this area because I think no, that's what. But that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, as Colin, do you think that matters? Oh no, <laughs> Sam. Uh no, I mean no. Because here's what it boils down to to me, is adding the word ma'am or sir does not make your answer any more respectful. Because if I asked you something and you wanted to be a smart buck back to me, be like, yes, sir. It doesn't <laughs> matter what the words are. It's yeah. the context and the and the tone. Well, some, right? people, some people attribute it and they put it on the same level as like Mr. and Mrs. You know, like, do I mean, you're going you gonna to take that away? Well, that's, a, that's another thing because I think that Mr. and Miss to me is almost like I don't, to, in, in my life, is like a, I don't know you very well. But that's not, I don't necessarily agree with that because what I will say is the people who I grew up with as teachers or the people I grew up with who were in, like, I still call Jennifer Trawick Miss Jennifer. And one time it came out as Jennifer and it felt so odd to me. And it's not that she is that much older than me. It's not that she, you know, like I, at this point I'm 29. Like we treat each other like peers, but it still comes out as Miss Jennifer. And it's really probably just a habit at this point. But I don't think that for me is a thing of respect necessarily. It's just habit. It's just habit, maybe. But I think, <clears throat> going back to the yes, ma'am, whatever, whatever, I think in this area, like, if you if you were to get married and have kids, and, like, you were, like, at church or, like, at Jerry's or, like, whatever, and you met Miss So-and-so who's been living here for 70 years, and your kids were up there, and she's like, oh, how are y'all doing? And your kids were like, yeah, we're doing good. She'd be like, oh, my God, like, they are just little heathens. I definitely get what you're saying, but I'm just telling you that, and I'm not saying I won't teach my kids yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. I'm just saying that there are so many other things I think are more important to teach. Well, yeah, for sure. I am going to be worried way more about whether my kid is a little jerk hole or if they are saying, then if they're saying yes, sir, and yes, yeah. ma'am. Because I will tell you this, like when I'm hanging out with my nephew, if I ask him a question and he says yeah or yes, and somebody corrects him to say yes, sir, to me, I just think that is ludicrous. And because like me and him, we're on the same level. Like I'm not any more important or yeah. worthy of respect than he is, you know? So should I start saying yes, sir, to him? Maybe that's what I'll do. Also, just for the record, if anybody's going to be reporting back to my sister or brother-in-law, this is not me trying to, like, rake them over the coals. They can do what they want. He's their kid. It makes sense. I'm just saying that I don't think that that is the most important thing for us to be teaching little kids. Yeah. And he's the little kid that I have the most experience with. Well, like, I don't – I think it's another thing about how you say it, too. Because, like, I I can remember – I mean, like, if you're saying, like, yeah – you know, like a like a little jerk hole, yeah. Then you should, but like there shape are up. there are exceptions to where like if you if you vibe with an older person, and they're like, like I like for example, me and my math teacher we get along great. I call him Big Dog, and I say <laughs> yeah, Big Dog or no Big Dog <laughs> instead of yes sir, or no sir. 
and he's totally he thinks it's hilarious. I mean, like it just depends on like, if you can get. I don't know. I feel like there's a there's a barrier that if you can break that barrier of like this is an old person they need to be treated as right. such. If you can break that maybe barrier they, maybe they and then see them way. as just like a, another person, then it's a completely different situation. Well, I will also say that a lot of these people who are kind of nasty about people not saying yes sir, yes ma'am are also the people who are like, oh, don't call me mister, that was my dad. Or, you know, there are lots of adults who are like, do not call me yes sir, or say yes sir, yes ma'am yeah. to me because that makes me feel old. Well, we... But then they're also the ones who are, like, adamant that their kids say yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. So we have to decide what that line is. Just because I'm 30 doesn't mean I should be any – I'm not 30 yet. I'm 29. Doesn't mean I should be uh, any less respectful for, to those people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's knowing your audience because I think – I think I – in my – but in my, in my profession, I think I use yes, ma'am and yes, sir – and no sir, no ma'am. I think I use those to my advantage, um, because like there, there's some people that come in to where I work, and they, they, they want to be a Mister or a Mrs. and they want to be treated like yes, ma'am, you know, no sir, whatever. But then there's other people who want to feel like they're on the same level as me, so I don't call them Mister, and I don't use those that terminology. I get, I get what you're saying, but I would say that in theory it seems like it would be so much easier for that to just go away because, like, we're wasting energy trying to play this game of, like, oh, should I... I like playing games. I just don't get it. I just don't you get like it games. at all. like games. games. And then the other thing I will say is... I like it a lot. I do... I know that I do say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir some of the times and not other times, and it's never an intentional me trying to not be respectful to someone when I don't. I think it's probably more of a time saver... And I would say that I think I use yes, ma'am, and yes, sir a lot more with the little kids I work with at Cotton Hall than I do with adults that I interact with every day. You mean like them calling you that? or No, you? like I'll say, like a little girl will come up to me and be like, Mr. Will, are we supposed to blah, blah, blah during this song? And I'll say, yes, ma'am. Yeah, but you, yeah, but you're playing the game too. Because you're trying to let the kids feel more accepted like they're on your level. You're well, playing the well, game, the too. the fact of the matter is, I don't think that there is any human that is above any other human's level. Well, yeah, I so that's 100% why I think that this agree. Is a kind Except of a for Keanu Reeves. Thing. No, no, but you're saying, you're saying that, like, I don't know. I, I know what you're saying. Thought. You're saying that and trying to make that little kid feel like I value them as much as they might value me. That okay, I'm here, trying it's to back. It's back. In, in, in the culture we live in, you have to be that way with a kid because you want that kid to see you on the same level, but they have a mom or a dad at home saying, you need to call him Mr. Will, and you need to say yes sir or no sir. And so, like, for, well, you, to, thing I, for you to get level with them, you're, you're having to cancel out the culture out. that they've been raising. That but I also have a bunch of little kids who call me Mr. Will, and I don't correct them. It doesn't bother me. Mm. I think when people are like, don't call me Mr., that makes me feel old. I'm yeah, like, I, think that's a, well, I think that's a little too you far. You are old. Deal with it. Like... Yeah. I mean, I've been called Mr. Will since I was 17 because of the youth theater. It's just life. Right. But then it just... I don't, you know, like, I don't know. It like, uh, once I can, if I can get my goal, whenever I talk to people that are old, like my elders, my goal immediately is to get cool with them so I can, and so I can stop saying yes, sir, and no, sir. Because most right. of the time, most of the people no, that talk yeah. to me at school, most of my teachers and stuff, 
they all, they know me very well and I know them very well. And so like if um for example, if the principal would ask me a question, like um I don't know. I'd be like, yeah, man, you know me. I'll, be, I'll say something like that. Like, I don't say yes, sir, no, sir to him unless he asks me, like, a very serious question. Yeah. Then it's different. You know? It just depends on the context. It depends on the relationship. It depends on a lot of things. Yeah, and I think I found myself in a weird spot because, y'all know, my, my parents used to run the youth group for a long time at the Arlington Methodist Church. And so I had a lot of people in my house that were way older than me a lot of the time. Um, and so, like, maybe for somebody who might be Will's sister's age, for some of them I might call them, like, a Mr. or a Mrs., but, like, for Will's sister, like, I'm just going to call her Ashley because I knew her when she was in youth group, even though she was still, I don't know how much older she is than uh, me. She's five years older than me, so she's 34? I don't do math. Um, You're 24, so it's 10 years. Okay, well, see, <laughs> even though she's 10 years older than me, like, I'm not going to call her, like, Miss Ashley. Like, that's just weird to me because I didn't, I never had that differential of right. a relationship yeah. with that person. So I think it all depends on, like, how, how you grew up with that person or what, what the relationship it's is the rela- between it's me a and relationship. Because yeah. I might go see, like, you know, like a a new doctor or like a you know like go going to like a like a business office somewhere and even though the guy who is working with me is you know 10 years older than me I might call him mister and say yes sir I guess what I I guess my final words on this are I feel like the whole argument about saying yes sir or yes ma'am or mister or missus is going to all the whole argument for somebody who's like for it is going to be that it's about respect. But my response to that is there's nobody to me that deserves more respect than somebody else. So it's my, my nephew deserves just as much respect from me as my grandfather does. So I guess my question is why is it reserved for certain people when it should be for everybody? I don't understand why, why age or experience has anything to do with that. And it's not to say that I don't think that other people that people earn your respect in different ways because I do think that's the case but someone being older does not make them more deserving of my respect it has to do with their character and what they have shown throughout their life I can agree with that yeah so boiler point I'm right <laughs> they just I said don't it. know I don't think that uh, here's what I would say it's not what I'm saying. the other thing I'm gonna say I think you're gonna get some letters I'm definitely gonna get some letters but they're not gonna change my mind and I'm probably not gonna change their mind no so I know but I'm just lie? saying like I, I, I they're think still gonna buy a sticker though I but here's my other thing that is going to be the converse of my argument once upon a time I definitely pulled this card on somebody because I had a um a younger cast member that I felt like was being very dismissive of me asking them to do something at Cotton Hall. And they Is said... Is this like you're in the cast or you were this? No, this was time. by the time I was already um, a director. Okay. And like, with, like recently. Um, and they... Felt, I felt like they were being very dismissive of me. And they said, yes. And I said, sir and made them say sir to me. And I felt like a real jerk, and I will never, ever do that again. Yeah. But at the time, I was very mad, and I made them do it. And I walked away. Well, that's was, a power struggle. I Yeah, it was, it was a lot. 
<laughs> it was ridiculous. You're like, have to do I, that. I know. <laughs> your own well, that's terms. the thing is, I know that it was ridiculous, but the, at the same time, that person was not showing me any respect. Right. So I w- did not want to show them any respect, which yeah. I think is probably the exact opposite of how I should have handled the situation because I probably would have gained more respect by not doing that. Right. But, well, it is what it hopefully is. The job was done. <laughs> I mean, it's too late now to fix it, but. Hopefully, this is the way. as it goes forward, that will not be the case. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, guys, we've weighed in on yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Now it's your turn. We're taking it to, to the streets. I think it's very important that kids learn to use yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and thank you, and whatever other manners um, to show respect for their parents, their grandparents their elders, um, people in authoritative positions. Um, I just think it goes a long way and um, it shows that you care. And I think it has become such a habit in my life. I mean, I use it on people that are literally the same age as me. So uh, I just think parents should instill that in their kids, especially where we're from. I believe that it is very important for your children to learn to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, and no, sir, and even please and thank you, because we seem to just be living in a culture that is really becoming ruder and ruder, and even though we're in the South, it's just a sign of respect, and you don't want your kid to be the one that sounds like a little jerk. I definitely think saying yes, ma'am, yes, sir, no, ma'am, and no, sir are extremely important habits to instill in children. Those little words offer insight into moral integrity that's ingrained in children. I say it all has to do with uh, the culture. Um, If you were born in Georgia and Alabama and were raised there, then yes, I would say it's more important there because manners and being polite is more rooted and central. But if you were, let's say, born and raised in New England or New York, then I'd say they're less important. Because, um, because, uh, in, in those places, uh, manners aren't as central. They're not as, like, major, like, you, you must be polite, always, things like that. So really, in my opinion, it has to do with the culture and where you were raised. What? All right, Sam. Oh. Looks right. like it's time for the Crypto Corner. <laughs> what do you have for us today? All right, Colin, you know, I'm a big fan of Native American legends. I think they're really, really interesting and fun to... What are they? To? Name three. I mean, I agree. Name three. I can't name He's three. He's a big fan. I'm not. I'm just saying, on Longmire, they talk about a lot of them, and I think it's very interesting when I hear them. I might not remember them all. Okay, but would you say that it's fair to call yourself a big fan if you can't name three? I'm just saying when I hear about them, I am very intrigued, and I like reading about but, them. No, Okay, but we've got the clarification we need. You enjoy hearing them. You're not a big fan. No, I don't. Okay, whatever. Wendigo. We're talking about the Wendigo. The Wendigo. Or however that uh, it's got various it's pronounced. pronounced. There's a lot of a pronunciations. Lot of Wendigo. But for today's Wendigo episode, Wendigo. What? 
Snuggle. <laughs> <laughs> but today right. we're sticking with Wendigo. All right. So this um, this originated in the uh, northeast, uh, southeast Canada, northeast United States, that region around the Great Lakes, uh, yeah. up, up towards Maine. Up where they have harsh winters with lots of snow. Yeah. Thank goodness we're living in our climate. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Down here we say yes, ma'am, and no shit. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, the Wendigo, it's very different stories and different cultures will tell you what it looks like. Um, it's either a hideous monster that is skinny and 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 bony and silver and and weird. it has the 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 head of a deer. Yeah. Sometimes it's, some people say it's got the head of a stag with antlers and stuff like that. Or, or it's a malevolent spirit that takes control of the bodies of humans. That one's a little more creepy. I think that and one's here's, the one that gets and me And when it takes control of the bodies, it make gives them a hunger for human flesh. Uh, so let's talk about this version first. Let's talk about the, the, the malevolent, spirit male- before okay. we go into the male- monster. Male- <laughs> malevolent spirit. Because I don't. I think I actually disagree with Colin. I actually think the monster might be scarier. Um, but the spirit, the spirit, the reason the spirit feels creepy is because it enters a human and turns a human into a ravenous cannibal, and that is very terrifying to think about. Yeah. So, um, okay. All right. All right. I got I got some notes written down here, fellas. Um, so there's a thing called Wendigo psychosis, and what this is is it's I don't know I don't can't remember if it's an officially documented thing. No, well, this no, is. It is. It this is, is a, not. No. This is not the legend. This is not the spirit. This is the it's name real. that they have okay. given a true psychological okay. disorder. Right. Okay. So what this is, it is a term that refers to when people turn to eating other people for no apparent reason. Right. And so, like, um, there, the, when we were researching this, there was a lot of different. A lot of different like folklore and legends that gave way to and there were naming there were, um, of medical conditions. There were books that were written from like explorers that would document their their explorations and talk about the people and the Native Americans that they would see. And they would say that these people, some of these people, in like would just eat another human, even though they are like it, they have no reason to eat another person, but they did. They have plenty of survival right. ability. Food and stuff like that around, and um, there's a the the most. I think it was the 1700s to the 1800s because there were there were people over here, and they were they were white. There were white people over here that were had established like governments and courts and stuff. And there was a guy named Swift Runner, and he was a member of a Native American tribe, and he claimed he went missing, and when he came back, he claimed that he and his family were. Um, Starved. They were so hungry, and his family died, is what he said. He said they died from starvation in the woods during a harsh yeah, winter. Right. And so whenever they, um, whenever they actually investigated this, and they went to see where he and his family were living, they found that the family's bones, they found their bones, and they had been picked clean of any meat on there. Eesh. So it was determined that the guy had eaten his family. Right. And this is the this is a the best example of Wendigo psychosis because. He chose to eat his family despite having plenty of other means of survival. He chose to eat his family. Yeah, but like he was possessed by the Wendigo spirit. Right, but that's that's my point. Is that is that despite having all these other methods, why would he choose to do that unless it's the Wendigo? I don't know, man. I think I, I in my mind, I want to think 
it would be kind of cool if there was like, don't you think it could be where like the spirit kind of possesses people and they start to eat human flesh and then they turn into this monster thing? I don't think, I don't know that that's exactly how I felt like it was explained though. I get what you're saying. Like it's like the spirit changes this person. Well, aside and what from was the really alarming to me is that like some of the some of the explorers that were quoted like in some of their journals were talking about like they came upon this group of people that would like ravenously attack any human they came in contact with and the only way to get them to stop eating human flesh was to kill them cuz they just kept trying no matter what they did to restrain them. And right. that to me is like horrifying. But like to me that could all be explained by like fear and a mental break. Like if they're in a in a culture of scarcity where they feel like they're starving, and like they like have to do what they have to do to survive, and they probably have to disassociate from their humanity to do that. So then I think they that that would just be a mental health situation in my mind. I don't feel like that's a malevolent spirit. I think that is like a psychotic break. Well, like, I think in a, like... But I also I, need to point out that I am a theater major and know nothing about psychology. Uh, well, in the... I know that... Okay, so there was one other thing they talked about, this this video game called Until Dawn. Um, and it, it was a very popular video game probably a year and a half ago. Yeah, like 2016, 2017. Yeah, it was like a, won a lot of awards. It was like a pick-your-own-story, and it all based itself around the Wendigo and the, these campers that were stuck up in a cabin... Um, but one of the one of the legends that they told in that game, and it, I mean it is a real legend. Um, they did a lot of research for the game. It wasn't like this is all just made up lore for this game. Um, was that a lot of it was like campers or Native Americans who had gone out on exploration by themselves or like with a pair, and they found themselves in a position where the only thing they have left to eat was human flesh, whether that was they had to eat a part of themselves or they had to eat whoever was with them. And the act of eating the other person or their own flesh turned them into the Wendigo. Right. And so that that was where, like, the ravenous thing came from was, like, you yourself turn it. Like, when you, you as a human, when you go so low to eat somebody else or parts of yourself, you become the Wendigo. So the, the other um, interpretation of the Wendigo is that it, it is a monster. Right. Like, it is a singular monster. and But the... Um, the thing about it is that its proportions change so that its hunger is never filled because it, it, its body is always changing. That's what scared me about the monster version. It's is never... The part of the legend is that it gets bigger depending on its prey. It's never not hungry. And that it's... whenever If you ever come in contact with it and you run, it's almost impossible to escape it because it is relentless in trying to fill its hunger and it will cha- it will hunt you down. You did. Like that's my thing is like okay, say you're like this little animal but it's hungry. It, I mean it doesn't have to be very big to eat you but then like if it's coming after you or a bear or something it gets bigger so that its hunger is even bigger. That is wild. It never yeah, it, I mean it they it, they uh it doesn't matter where you go or how you I mean it's going to find a way to get to you because it's going to fill its hunger one way or another. Yeah, so all you north northeastern listeners and you Canadian listeners, better watch out. We're all right down here. <laughs> Only thing we got to worry about down here is the goat man, <laughs> Bigfoot. Well, that too. That was my Bigfoot. I didn't know what to do. What's your Wendigo noise, Will? I'm curious. 
Is that a witch that sound- or a wendigo? <laughs> Let me try it again. Let me try it again. Now, hang on, hang on. That sounded more like uh, the, the character from the Amanda show. Yeah, it did. What was her name? <laughs> I, was to, I wanted a little bit of a Chewbacca roll in there, but it didn't come like... <laughs> One more try. One more try. One more try. I can't do it. <laughs> that was closer to what I was like trying it. to do the first time, but oh, not God. quite. <laughs> well, that's all I got. So here's the thing. What do we think? Real, not real, spirit, mental illness, monster. Here's what I'll say. I I think, I'll go on a rant, so go you, you two go ahead. I think that this is a – the realness of it is a thing that can definitely happen. Like, I feel like if you went and ate somebody or ate part of yourself, you would probably go a little crazy. Now, I don't know if you would want to eat other people, but I, I do think there's some truth in Wendigo psychosis. I think that, like, when you think about, like, the stories you've heard about, like, there was a, I don't remember where it was, but there was a ship with sailors, and to survive, they had to start eating one another. And they did, like, that cannot be okay for a human to process. Like, I think there has to be some sort of mental uh, distancing to make that even possible. So I do think that this is probably more of a mental illness thing than anything else. But I will say, like, the images of, like, this monster that has antlers and this this face, it's got a, there's obviously lots of different artist depictions of it, but I think that is truly scary. And I'm shocked that there hasn't been more of an A- a sort of movie that does it. There's a lot of B movies yeah, and TV yeah. shows that have used it. Um, one, for instance, that he does play a big part in the TV show Hannibal during one of the seasons. There are a lot of a lot of Wendigo imagery because Hannibal is so voracious in his hunger for human flesh. But I don't necess- I don't think this is real. But it is a cool monster for people to use in creative uh, ways. Back when Slenderman was popular, it was really popular on YouTube with Slenderman, like in like 20. 12, 2013 situation. It was the Wendigo was big right next to Slenderman, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. Well, before Sam goes, there's another thing that I'll say. There, there is a, there is a disorder. Whenever so, this has been found in different African tribes that are cannibals. Um, if you eat the brain of someone else, there's something called gray matter syndrome, and we might have talked about it on the podcast before, so I'll keep it short. But gray matter syndrome is basically when when a human being consumes another human being's brain, there's something, there's some kind of chemical within the brain that begins to deteriorate your nervous system if you eat it. Like if I ate another human brain, my nervous system would start to deteriorate. My nerves are shot even thinking about it. Whoa. That's huge. Go ahead, Tim. Uh, I don't know. See, I'll, uh, I'm going to go back into my Longmire point about Native American folklore and legends and things like that. I I like to think that the things like that are real. Like I love thinking like leg- like Native American legends are true and stuff, but I mean, of course, logically they I know they're not. Like there's always a logical explanation, but I don't know, it's fun to I this rant's not going to be as long as I thought. It's I choose to think that this could be a real like spirit type thing. Like just like um like, I don't know, there's a lot of symbols in Longmire, like an owl flying over you is like a spirit that's there to protect you. And I think that's so cool to think about think about nature in a spiritual way. But, like, I don't know, it, it's it's just fun to think like that. But, I mean, logically, I know it's not real. I think that might be the first time that Sam said something wasn't real. It was kind of a downer. 
No, I said, <laughs> what did I say? Howie. There weren't, I think I said, um, an episode in October, we talked about yeah, something that we, I said wasn't real. Witches? Uh, that felt a lot yeah, more real witches. this time. <sighs> All right, guys. What's on the watch list this week? It's time for the watch list, but before we do, we're going to check in with you and see what you're watching in our second segment of To, to the, the Streets. The book I'm reading currently is Every Woman's Marriage. I'm reading it not because I have a bad marriage. I actually have a good marriage. But as we approach the empty nest stage of our life, I'm wondering if a good marriage is exactly what I want, or do I want a great marriage? In reading this book, I did not want to fix my husband because I would say that 90% of everything that he does, he does exactly like I want him to, or exactly how I need him to. Um, And I don't want to focus on the 10% that I might see as not doing properly or failure. I want to fix me and figure out, am I doing 90% or 100% or 10%, God forbid, of what he needs me to be. So I'm really working to fix myself and to put the passion back in our marriage so that it's not just a good marriage. For 25 years, we've been married, and I just feel like we have focused on the children for 21 years. And so we've become more like friends and roommates. So my reason for wanting to read this book is to put more passion back into it. And do I really want to be in a friend relationship or a roommate relationship when there aren't kids around and it's supposed to be us? Do we want it to go back to the honeymoon stage of our relationship? So The greatest thing I've learned from this book so far, I would say, is that when I am praying and asking God to change something about my husband, that for every one thing that I ask God to open his eyes to, that I am giving him three things that I need to open my mind to. It's been a great book so far. I highly recommend it, not just for those in a bad marriage, but for those in a good marriage. I just think that it's a good thing, and I want to focus more on having a great marriage and letting him be more than my friend. Something that I enjoy reading or watching right now is I've been on the kick with the Golden Girls. It reminds me of my childhood. And it is just something lighthearted and fun that I can watch and never get tired of it. I love to read, and I've just finished reading The Silent Patient by Alex Michaelides. I like mystery and surprise endings. All right, guys, we're going to start with the TV shows we're watching. I just referenced one in The Wendigo about Hannibal. So I'm going to suggest this to you guys. It's a really sleek, cool show. It's got a cool image. If you're into something a little spooky or grosser, check out Hannibal on Amazon Prime. All right, uh, mine's, I've only watched one episode. It's really good, though. Uh, it's called The Hot Zone, and it's about um, the 1980, 1980s Ebola virus outbreak and the doctors that were trying to figure it out. Uh, it's a National Geographic show, but it's, it's not a documentary. It's a real show, but you can find it on iTunes. What about you, Colin? Guys, listen, if you just want to lay back and watch you a nice, just mindless crime drama, go check out Gotham. Oh, interesting. Here's the thing. I liked Gotham, but I didn't didn't finish it, so I need to go back to it. Right. And then I'll say, uh, I think I'm going to recommend this out there for my ladies. I'm not saying the guys won't like it. I'm just saying that I think it is tailor-made. 
Uh, that's a bad thing to say. I'm going to throw out another one, guys. It's another crime uh, sort of comedy thing. It's Good Girls uh, on cable. It's really funny and enjoyable to watch. All right. Hit us with your first movie, Samuel. Well, I only have one movie this time, Will. It's called, I don't know, guys. I've been into the viruses. It's called Contagion. It's Matt Damon, Kate Winslet, Brian Cranston, Gwyneth Paltrow, Lawrence Fishburne. It's got a good cast. It's a good movie. Uh, it's about the this disease that spreads around the world. Perfect time to watch it, you know, with the coronavirus and everything. Just take a, take a look. It's very nice. It's a very well, like, medically accurate movie. Go ahead. My movie that I'm going to recommend to you is really more of a Netflix sort of special. It's not a comedy, but it's called Brene Brown, The Call to Courage. You guys, Brene Brown is like, she's my gal. I, I'm not going to say that I agree with everything she's ever said, but I'm going to say she finds ways to put things into words that I have thought for a long time. She's really exciting. Go check it out. Um, guys, for music this week, um, I don't really have any music, but I will throw in a podcast. Um, there's a great podcast. You can listen to it anywhere you can find podcasts. It's called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Um, it's these three brothers. It's just a it's a advice show where they take Yahoo questions and they answer them. And Excellent just, podcast. Excellent. Yeah, it's just a very funny comedic podcast. Advice that shouldn't be followed. Right. All right, I'm going to hit you. I got three songs here that I think are really nice. First one is Circles by Post Malone. I, I it's a good song. had not heard the song before until recently. It's very good driving down the road, you know, the sunset song. You know, just listen. It's a very nice song. Then the next one I have is Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. That's another good drivable song. It's really nice to listen to while you're driving down the road and singing it at the top of your lungs. Uh, next, i got to throw in a Coldplay song, X and Y by Coldplay. It's a very good, um, I don't know, it's a very good vibe song. Will? All right, guys, I don't have any music this week, but I'm going to uh, recommend something to my <laughs> recommend. I'm going to recommend something out there to my theater folks. Uh, I recently read this play. It's called Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo. It was on Broadway once upon a time with Robin Williams, but I had never read it before. It's a really interesting play um, that deals with war and grief. Uh, it's pretty cool. Then I have one final. I have a book. All right. Uh, Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien. Check it out. It's a very good book. All righty, guys. Before we wrap up this 25th episode, do we have any last words? Um, my last words are, you know, just treat everybody with respect. Everybody deserves the same amount of respect. Regardless respect. Of, yes, sir. Regardless so of yes, right. sir, no, ma'am, whatever. Thank you, Mr. Colin. Thanks. Uh, you know, I'd say the same thing. Just treat people with respect and be kind. <laughs> All right, guys, my last words for today are going to be, uh, if you decide to become a cannibal, don't eat the brain. All right, guys, thanks again for listening to the Orange Couch Podcast. Remember, if you want to get a sticker, they're only $2. $2. Show some support. $2. Uh, come find any of us, give us 2 bucks, or Venmo us 2 bucks, and we'll bring you a sticker. So uh, thanks for listening this week, and we will catch you next week. Goodbye. Thank you.